It's a big day on the markets today. Not only has Liz Trust just resigned in the United in the United Kingdom, but I've also got six pieces of good news for you today if you're in the crypto markets. And I really mean it. Six pieces of really, really good news. So if you've got Bitcoin, Ethereum, if you're looking to buy Aptos, if you're looking to just make money on altcoins, six pieces of good news and Liz Trust resigning today. So it's going to be a massive show. I wasn't here yesterday, so we're going to do a double strong show to make up for it. Let's do it. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got go through. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. We've got a big day today, guys. We've got a big day of crypto markets, world markets, macroeconomic markets. Massive, massive, massive day. We've just had Liz Trust resigning. Let's quickly listen to what she said. It's a time of great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. Putin's illegal war in Ukraine threatens the security of our whole continent. And our country has been held back for too long by low economic growth. I was elected by the Conservative Party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills and on cutting national insurance. And we set out a vision for a low tax, high growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. This morning I met the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady. We've agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. I will remain as Prime Minister until a successor has been chosen. Thank you. All right, so she lasted 44 days. Now, if you don't know, if you want to make do some calculations, a bottle of dishwashing, fairy dishwasher soap, lasts three times that long. So uh, she lasted less than a third of a bottle of fairy dishwashing liquid. Um, she's gone after a messy, uh, I, I would say it was pretty messy. You, got, you had cabinet ministers starting to resign. They had the budget, which they botched up, they had the tax cuts, which they went back on. And now she's gone. And as that happened, if you look at the, at the pound, the pound started to actually recover. So the pound, you can see, from the time she resigned, started to get stronger and stronger. Actually, at uh, 113, and that's maybe just a, um, a little indicator of the sentiment around her doing it. All right, so welcome back, guys. Sorry I wasn't here yesterday. I wasn't feeling very good, but here I am, and I'm back. Uh, if you're new to the channel, subscribe to the channel. If you're one of the regulars, if you're part of the Banter fam, 90% of you are actually uh, subscribers, and our subscriber base is actually growing in this market, which is actually unbelievable. Well. 
just smash the like button and let everybody know that we're here and we're doing a great job um and, and that i'm back all right so before we start i do see everybody in the comments i see roderick i see rogue i see lion journey i see gazer i see jimmy call i know some of you are subscribed to the trading competition i did see that we'll talk about the trading competition later because i went to have a look at what's going on here you had a guy you know you had a guy here earlier who had 700 percent returns i wonder if he's still here i wonder there was a guy i mean surely he didn't blow himself up let's just quickly refresh that 117 okay so 117 pin there was a guy a new guy came in he had 700 on uh bybit and on bitget let's see how we're going on bitget on the trading competition 180 percent wow okay this look we are going to extend the trading competition the reason why we're going to extend the trading competition is because bitcoin is pretty much not moving and in this kind of market it's very 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 hard to trade and we don't we don't want you guys just taking trades for the sake of, tra of taking trades obviously well done to those who can get 180 percent in this market um and but we will we will extend the trading competition i'll let you i'll let you guys know how long we're going to extend the trading competition for all right so let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show um remember i said to you there's actually six pieces of good news if you're in the crypto markets i want to talk to you guys about the six pieces of good news and they really 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 are um it's really good news really good news um so let's quickly look at the market before we get into it you got bitcoin accumulating in this range 19,164. the range continues at some point we've got to get some kind of breakout here. no matter which way you look at it we've got to get some kind of breakout here. but for now it seems like bitcoin is accumulating you got the pound as i said to you guys at 113 getting stronger you've got the nasdaq holding up very very well given the earnings results uh, and we'll talk we'll look we'll talk a little bit more about um uh, Q, uh q3 earnings and what how we're doing when it comes to q3 earnings then other charts to look at is the japanese yen so the japanese yen i don't know if you guys remember but the japanese yen has been weakening so much against the us dollar that at this level over here which is about 146 the japanese central bank intervened for the first time in a long time and that gave the yen some kind of reprieve but now you can see that they, they it hit 150 today and today they intervened again but this time the market didn't buy it this time the market's like well we know that your interventions don't actually mean anything and so you got the the yen now at 20 year lows so if you go and look at the the japanese yen i'll take you on the weekly it just makes it a lot easier to look at it but i think we're saying like 20 or 30 year lows um when it comes to let's look at the last time that the yen was was at these levels wow look at that so the last time yeah, just, it was in 1991. That was the last time that the yen was at this level. So there are currencies collapsing against the dollar strength. And then you got Aptos. So Aptos, I told you guys I thought this was going to be a flop. It started trading at $50, now trading at $7.25. I think if you look at Aptos now, I don't think there's a trade because it's not cheap enough to buy and it's not expensive enough to short. So like it, it's $7 billion fully diluted market cap with all the VCs in, with the token supply so tight, I don't know if there's much downside here. I don't know if there's much upside here. So for me, at the moment, staying out of that trade um, completely, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be buying it. But I'm, I'm glad that we warned you guys not to be buying this thing at fifty dollars and forty dollars and thirty dollars. It looks like it look. It looks like it actually happened, and uh, the price came down. Although I must say, I did think it would come down to around five dollars. I, I kind of thought a five billion dollar fully diluted valuation was much better for for something like Aptos. All right, let's look at the five or six pieces of good news for today. Um, no, the good news isn't that list trust resigned. That's not that's not the good news. Um, first bit of good news is around the Fed and the Fed speakers. Um, in fact, no, maybe not. Maybe the first bit of good news is the fact that we're holding up 
during these Q3 earnings. So we've had a whole lot of earnings. Uh, remember that next week is the big week for earnings. But so far, we have had Q3 earnings. And remember that we were worried about Q3 earnings. The reason we're worried about Q3 earnings is we said that if the earnings don't deliver on expectations, that could send the markets down. So now what you had is you had Netflix. Netflix re reported sterling results, shocked the markets, um, uh, shocked the market with its recovery. You had Tesla. Tesla was kind of mixed. And the reason why Tesla was kind of mixed is because they missed their revenue targets. Okay. So they just, just, just missed their revenue targets, but they beat on their earnings per share targets. The market didn't like that. It sent, it sent uh, the, the Tesla price down. When I last looked at it, Tesla was down about 6%. In fact, let's quickly just look at the Tesla price. TSLA. There we go. Tesla. Uh, you can see it's on the pre-market, it's down about 6%. So um, so the, the market punished Tesla slightly. But I think the good news is that we're holding up when it comes to earnings. And uh, Yuri and Timmer says this quite well. He says, if Q3 earnings hold up well, as well as Q3, uh, Q2 earnings did, then perhaps we're closer to a stock market, a stock market bottom uh, than many expect. And that is if, you know, if, if the, if the, um, if the earnings aren't coming down, that's a that's a that, that, that's quite a good sign. Because about three quarters of U.S. companies have seen their earnings estimates lowered, so the derating is well underway. So far, that derating has not produced any actual earnings contraction, but the same cannot be said for corporate earnings overseas. So that's because the dollar is hitting corporate earnings overseas right now in the U.S. People lowered their expectations, and we're and we are, uh, and we're meeting and we're meeting the 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 lowered expectations remember i said to you that it's all about what the expectations of the markets are it doesn't matter what you actually hit it's, it's actually all about the expectations of the market and how you perform relative to the to the expectations but we're not out of the woods yet because next week is actually the big earnings week and i'll show you why so if you want to look at what makes up the the nasdaq you look at this chart over here you want to see these are the the components of the nasdaq so it's amazon apple uh, Microsoft, Tesla, Alphabet, Meta. And if you look at the, the weighting, Apple makes up 13% of the NASDAQ. Microsoft makes up 10% of the NASDAQ. Tesla, uh, yeah, Amazon makes up 7%. So between these five or six, between, between five or six, you've got 13, 25, uh, 35. You've got about 50% of the NASDAQ in these seven in these seven stocks. And most of them actually report next week. So if you look at who reports, Tuesday, the 25th of October, big, big, big day. You've got Microsoft and Alphabet reporting. Wednesday, you've got Meta reporting. And then Thursday, you've got Amazon and Apple. So next week is the, this is my view right now. <laughs> That's my view. They expect me to do a show with a view like that. <laughs> I don't know how they expect me to do a show with a view like that. Just James is for it. Um, so next week is the big week for earnings. We need to make sure that, as I said to you, if you look at, at, at what makes up the, the, the NASDAQ, you've got Microsoft. Yeah, let's just look at, at next week's earnings. Microsoft and Alphabet on, the 20, on Tuesday next week. So on Tuesday next week, that means that Microsoft and Alphabet, you're talking about 25% of the NASDAQ reporting on Tuesday next week. And remember that, that Alphabet is very much reliant on advertising revenue. And advertising revenue is the first revenue that gets cut when, when, when earnings, when, when companies cut their forecasts. And then you've got um, Meta on Wednesday and on Thursday, you've got Amazon and Apple, which is also huge. So on 
Thursday, I think you got another 20% of the NASDAQ reporting. So, so far, so good, but we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, and that's probably the first bit of good news. The second bit of good news, because I promised you guys six pieces of good news, and I'm going to deliver on my promise. I'm going to give you the highest alpha uh, per minute show on the internet, and I'm going to bring you uh, six pieces of absolute good news uh, if you're in crypto, is that we had the Fed's Evans uh, facing a diff said he's saying that the Fed is facing a difficult messaging problem as it nears a decision to halt the pace of rate increases. Now, when the Fed is changing their tune and starting to talk about slowing the rate of rate, the, the, slowing the rate of uh, rate increases, then you know that uh, we may be closer to a pivot point. And for now, what it feels, what it looks like, is that we're going to get a. 75 basis point rate increase at the meeting, which happens on the 2nd of November, which is five days away before the midterm elections. But if you look at what Goldman Sachs are forecasting, I was forecasting 50 basis points. Remember that. Goldman Sachs is saying 75 basis points in November, 50 basis points in December, 25 basis points in February, and peak rate of 45 to 4.75%. So that's what Goldman Sachs is forecasting. That's, that's actually quite good news. That's actually uh, quite good news. I was thinking we were going to get a 50 basis point rate hike because of the midterms. And I just thought that somehow Powell would go easy on Biden for some reason. But it looks like that's not the case. In fact, what it looks like is that Biden's starting to squeal a little bit. He says Biden says that the Federal Reserve is trying to intimidate the market into capitulation just ahead of the midterm elections. Now, I mean, that's crazy, but it, it does feel... It does feel more and more that with the war in Ukraine, with the high gas prices, with everything else that's going on, it does feel like um, like uh, uh, Biden's starting to take a lot of strain. And you can see it in the ratings. In fact, if you look at the ratings over here, you've got um, you've got a red wave. So this is a, a site called Predicted, and Predicted takes market predictions. And if you look at the predictions, it, there's an increasing prediction market, or or there's an increasing amount of predictions that that there's going to be a red house and senate and obviously decreasing that there's going to be a democrat uh, house and senate so i think the war and the, the increased interest rates and everything else uh, is actually starting to have a huge effect on 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 biden's uh, chances in these midterm elections and it does look like the democrats may take a bit of a loss here um we are going to talk about sam bankman feed i promise you we can talk about sam bankman feed and um whether or not he's actually good for crypto we're going to talk about that but let's leave that uh for for after the good news so when you guys two bits of good news let's go to the third bit of good news third bit of good news is that our narratives are starting to play out now remember i said to you that as these currencies start to collapse as the yen starts to collapse and the pound starts to collapse and emerging market currencies uh, uh start to collapse we're going to get Bitcoin more correlated to gold. And what we want is we want the, the correlation between Bitcoin and gold to increase. Because in times where currencies start to collapse, we want we, people have traditionally gone into gold. And what we, what we want as, as, as Bitcoiners is we want them to see the light. And we want them to see the fact that Bitcoin is a better version of gold because you can travel with it. You don't have to store it. It's not confiscatable by the state. Um, it really has got a, a limited supply and, and all the other reasons which you know about. And what we're seeing now is we're seeing that for the first time in a long time, the 30-day correlation between Bitcoin and US equities is stabilized. Okay, that's good. But the Bitcoin's correlation with gold sits at multi-year high, multi highs. And that's exactly what we want. We want the market to see Bitcoin as gold, as a, as a safe haven in, in times like this. So... 
that's the one bit of good news. The other bit of good news around Bitcoin is that Mike McGlone, who is from, from Bloomberg, he says supply is straightforward, declining Bitcoin's definable diminishing supply is unprecedented on a global scale. And so prices should continue to rise over time unless something unlikely reverses demand and adoption of trends, which is probably right now, probably a little bit un, uh, uh, almost impossible given the fact that Bitcoin has such strong network effects. That's the third bit of good news. And the fourth bit of good news is if you're holding Ethereum. So I don't know how many of you are holding Ethereum. I hope a lot of you are holding Ethereum. But if you are holding Ethereum, there's also good news for you on Ethereum. And the good news on Ethereum is the same as the good news on Bitcoin. The good news is that this narrative that we've been calling is now actually starting to play out on Ethereum. Remember I said to you that when Ethereum goes to proof of stake, it's going to unlock a whole lot of investors or a whole lot of money which is going to be invested in Ethereum. And I said to you that the reason why it's going to happen is because for one, you're going to have Ethereum being ESG friendly. It's no longer mined using proof of work. And because it's no longer mined using proof of work, it's going to be ESG friendly. And there's a lot of companies that are ESG sensitive. There's a lot of individuals that are ESG sensitive and they feel uncomfortable investing in Bitcoin, right? Well, with Ethereum, because it's on proof of stake and because it's no longer bad for the environment, it is much more comfortable for them to invest in it. I also said to you that when Ethereum goes to proof of stake, you'll be able to start staking it and start earning a reward. And that will bring in institutional money because institutional money is looking for yield. That, that if, if they got money and they put it down, they want to make sure they're getting some kind of yield. And with Bitcoin, there's no real yield. You can't, you can't stake your Bitcoin. There's no staking options, etc. But when it comes to, to Ethereum, there is a staking option. And in fact, that narrative is actually starting to play out. And I saw this yesterday. The first thing is Fidelity Digital Assets just sent a mail, an email to its customers announcing that Ethereum will be available for purchase later this month. Now, this is the first. Fidelity is one of the biggest asset managers in the world with the biggest distribution in the world. And they are coming out and, um, coming out and, and, and saying to the customer base that they will soon be able to, to invest in Ethereum. And I think that it's just a matter of time before this becomes... Uh, uh, that they'll be able to stake their Ethereum. And as I said to you, the second bit of good news is that the ETH supply change, since they've moved to proof of stake, is almost deflationary. So look at the, 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 the decline of supply, and it's now almost deflationary, which is exactly, exactly what we're saying. And the third thing is that you can now stake it. And if you do stake it, you can get yourself 6%, about 6%. But if you leverage, you can get yourself about 11% staking. And for institutions, if you can start buying Ethereum, holding Ethereum, enjoying the upside of Ethereum, and also getting 11% for your staking, then uh, that, that, that's huge. So that's the third forward. Well, that's, that's the third piece of, is that the third or the fourth piece of good news? Earnings, earnings, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Also, PancakeSwap is now launched on Ethereum. It's not a big secret. They've told us a while back they were going multi-chain, multi but now PancakeSwap, uh, which is the BSC, Dex originally is now live on Ethereum. So that's also uh, that's also some good news. All right, the next bit of good news, because remember I said to you there'll be six pieces of good news, is that even though we're in a bear market and even though the price of Bitcoin is moving sideways and is in this accumulation range, this boring, terrible accumulation range, you can still make a lot of money in crypto. And crypto is one of those interesting uh, uh, industries where anybody, retail, institutional, etc., can make money. And you can do this without investing a lot of money. And in fact, in some cases, without investing any money, 
you can you can make you can make um, you can make money in crypto. And so I saw this tweet by Miles Deutscher, who's who's one of the one of our partners here and one of the hosts here on Banter. And I mean, this is one of the first of all, this is one of the best tweets that that I've ever seen with thirteen thousand seven hundred ninety likes in one day. In fact, he grew his follow follow account grew by twelve thousand five hundred followers today based on this tweet. And the reason why this tweet is so good is because if you look at um, <clears throat> if you look at what he what he talks about here, he talks about how people made between one thousand five hundred and seven thousand dollars yesterday on the Aptos airdrop. Now a lot of people missed the Aptos airdrop. Aptos gave out about one hundred and fifty million dollars worth of tokens in an airdrop. And how did they do it? Well, they gave away twenty million. In fact, let's just go to the tweet from them. So they gave away um, twenty million and seventy-six thousand one hundred and fifty Aptos tokens which will be airdropped to 110,235 participants. And who these participants were, were people that, um, yeah, everyone says, yeah, poor Miles, everyone's stolen his tweet. Exactly that. But Miles was first. That doesn't matter. And if you're first, then everyone steals your tweet. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, Miles has the timestamp. Miles has the timestamp. Um, yeah, so, so in crypto, the good news is that in crypto, you can earn a whole lot of um, real money by not doing much, but just participating in, in, in doing certain things and getting airdrops. Now we've missed we've missed the Aptos one. If if you weren't one of the people that got the Aptos one, um, uh, you've missed that. But there are a whole lot of other ones that are coming up. So there's Layer Zero that's coming up. There's zk Sync that, that's coming up. There's Starknet which is coming up. There's Kai Network. There's Sui which is the the Aptos competitor also coming up. Um, and what Miles did was he dropped and he created a guide as to how you can participate in all of these. And if you missed the guide, and if you don't feel like reading a Miles thread, which is like a thousand part thread, well, to, later on today, he's going to be doing a show, showing you guys exactly what you need to do to get yourselves free airdrops. So that's the good news. The good news is that you don't have to do much to earn real, real, real money um, on airdrops. You could, I mean, it's real money, making $7,000 per account on airdrops. Um, Someone's asking, what's your ranking in the trading competition? To be honest, I haven't taken any trades yet. And the reason why I haven't taken any trades is because I'm waiting for some kind of volatility in the market. I'm not, I'm not going to trade for the sake of trading. And for as long as Bitcoin is doing this, I don't really see an opportunity. I don't really see like a, a huge opportunity to be traded. So I'm going to wait for some kind of, of movement before I trade. But rest assured, my money is in BitGet. My money is in Bybit. And my fingers on the trigger, boys and girls. My fingers on the trigger, boys and girls. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to play. I'm ready, ready, ready to play. Uh, how much ban how much Aptos was banned to airdrop? We didn't participate. I told you I'm not a big fan of I'm not a big fan of Aptos. Never have been a big fan of Aptos. Um, I tried to short it when I saw it was trading at fifty dollars on Hotbit, but you couldn't short. Um, yeah, how much yes on your referrals? Yeah, we do make money in referrals. That that is how we make money. You know that we're very transparent about that. Um, all right, let's talk about Sam Bankman-Fried. Let's talk about the big story around Sam Bankman-Fried and. Because the big question is whether Sam Bankman-Fried is good or bad for crypto. And I mean, a lot of people have been saying for a long time that Sam Bankman-Fried is poison, that he's a cancer in this industry. Some people, though, on the other hand, think that he's, he's a hero. So is he a hero or is he a cancer in our industry? Do we like Sam Bankman-Fried or is he bad? You tell me in the comments. What started out a while back, and ironically, it started out through BitBoy, of all people. BitBoy was the one who started this. No jokes. He started, he lit the fire. That was the first, the first bit of smoke. So let's just listen to what Bit, BitBoy said. Manfred, first and foremost, F you. Number two, I would like to say this is the most 
evil person in crypto. If you guys understood what he's doing on the back end right now politically to try to screw everyone in crypto, you would not believe it. There's a reason that this guy is walking around pretending to be the sheep. There's a reason why this guy is trying to bring in as many crypto companies into his company as he can. And I will tell you, some of the most evil people in politics, they're working right alongside with him. He's trying to make a way so that no one else can compete. Ethereum blockchain? You think Gary Ginsman for So that was from Bitcoin. Actually, if you look at the date here, this was on the 29th of September, 2022. That was when this was posted by somebody. And that was part of what BitBoy was saying. Later on, we got some more smoke. And the smoke was here, came from Richard Chan. And he said, Here, here's a fun one people aren't noticing. SPF is quietly lobbying the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act, DCCPA bill passed, which gives the CFTC power to kill DeFi, but benefits FTX. So there is a bill. And this bill is um being pushed by ft by by, by uh sam bankman fried and ftx it says ftx is spending money to push a law through congress that may force DeFi protocols to operate like centralized exchanges the proposal the proposal is calling the digital commodities consumer protection act a better name would be would be the digital commodities ftx protection act and what this bill is about up until now we haven't seen the bill but we've got a leaked copy of the bill which is available here is a leaked copy of the bill. You don't need to read this whole bill because we've summarized it for you guys. The long story short here is that the bill would require all digital commodity platforms and companies, including trading facilities, brokers, dealers, and custodians, to register with the CFTC through several new cat registration categories. This would allow the CFTC to fill the regulatory gap and hold digital commodities to, to existing standards. So why is this bill so bad? What, what's, why is it so why are people up in arms about it? So I saw this tweet, and I think we need to go through this tweet so we know it. The bill, the proposed bill gives the CFTC new powers to regulate spot markets, forces human intervention in DeFi protocols, and forces projects to sacrifice decentralization. And it's very, very, very scary. I read this bill. One of the things in this bill is it needs to have fail-safe mechanisms to be able to reverse the chain, for example. So the bill which may become eligible to pass as part of, a, of an end-of-year omnibus bill, um, which is supported, of course, by FTX. First, it gives the CFTC power to regulate spot digital commodities markets, whereas it never had the power to regulate spot markets before. It only regulates derivatives markets. Further, the bill does nothing to define what a digital commodity is, and yet the bill identifies Bitcoin and Ether as commodities. Why? What test supplies them and not other tokens? Ultimately, founders who are building tokenized projects will have no greater clarity um, whether their tokens are commodities, securities, or neither. Okay, that's the first part of it. Um, okay, so the rules that apply to platforms and, and facilities assume and in fact require human activity at the center of the project, effectively banning decentralization and therefore DeFi. For example, the bill would require every DEX to have emergency powers that provide for, for the authority to liquidate or transfer positions as well as to suspend trading of digital commodities in, in consultation with or cooperation with the CFTC. So they want DeFi and, uh, and crypto regulated like a commodities market where they can control when to stop trading and when not to stop trading. And they want intervention as to when you can liquidate someone and when you can't liquidate someone. 
Um, let me give you some more, some more examples of how crazy this was. The bill requires that all digital commodities platforms have a chief compliance officer who reports to a senior officer of the platform and bears responsibility for ensuring the platform's compliance act and with the CFTC rules. The bill enables the CFTC to charge platform fees to pay for new registration requirements. The rate is not subject to review by the courts. So what you can see is that what they're trying to do is they're trying to take DeFi and, and treat this like a traditional commodities exchange and put it under their, their guise. And this is the bill that SPF is actually supporting. Not only is he supporting, he's actually pushing this bill to, to go through. So obviously Twitter has erupted against this. And specifically, Sam Bankman-Fried actually came out with a, with a, 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 a tweet which said, my current thought on crypto regulation. He says, at a high level, we need a regulatory oversight and customer protection. We need to ensure an open, free economy where peer-to-peer -peer transfers, code, and validators are presumptively free. We should establish regulation and until then, standards to ensure first means we will have block lists to allow and not allow lists for illicit financial activities. We need fast, reliable lists of addresses associated with illicit finance. But peer-to-peer -peer transfers should generally be free as long as they're not going to be go to sanctioned actors. So he's condoning sanctions. This can simultaneously enforce sanctions compliance while effectively making sure that you don't need a passport and social security numbers to buy a bagel from 7-Eleven. Second, we need something to reduce the impact of security breaches and hacks in crypto. One way to do this is with a community standard that requires attackers to return the vast majority of assets and prioritize consumer protection in return for settling the dispute. Third, we should work towards public disclosure. And he goes on and on and on. Anyway, so that's you can go and read that in your own time. But now it has basically exploded. And you've got Ryan Sean Adams. Um, he, he's from Bankless. And he came out and said, Sam, with respect, this absolutely sucks. You're saying DeFi should be OFACT. You're saying on-chain freezes should be normal. You're saying DeFi front-end should register as broker-dealers. No, this is not reasonable. This was, it would eliminate the U.S. from the crypto race, which is, which is true. Um, uh, and, 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 so, and so Sam Bankman-Fried obviously started to get riled up. He responded. He said, right now, devs can't write code in the U.S. without fearing requiring a license that they, could, they couldn't possibly get. And you can't launch a token without fear of, of prosecution and and for not competing a registration, no one could compete. If the industry argues, argues for no regs, this is what we get. And it carries on. And so Bitcoin had a dig at him. He says, I uh, hope you're ready, but And he says, having fun shilling Binance. So now Sam Bankman-Fried clearly, clearly, clearly getting right up about this. Um, and you can see that this, he says, the solution isn't to apply old CFI rules to DeFi. The regulation should approach DeFi from first principles and Sam Bankfree says I totally agree and I think it is slowly moving in that direction the way we continue to do this is by working constructively if we revolt as an industry against all regulation the result won't be good so he says we're not revolting against all regulation we're revolting against bad regulation we very much want better regulation for crypto but but much of what you proposed for DeFi is a non-starter I pray to God nothing this, this, like this lands up we'd have to revolt um, and then eventually Sam says look if the bill would kill DeFi, then I would strongly oppose the bill. Still waiting for the final text, and it's starting to back down. And it says, keeping DeFi peer-to-peer -peer trans transfers free is crucial. There are policies I honestly think are key to achieving this. I could be wrong about these policies. I probably am wrong about some. But in the end, the most important thing is to keep commerce and expression free. That's, I'd say, a slight change in tune. It says, thanks to everyone who gave feedback. At the very least, I'm going to update, edit, 
and clarify that DeFi should not be censored. To be clear, I never meant to imply that it should, it shouldn't, but allowing the ability for DeFi to ultimately interface with regulated entities when phrased poorly could could be read into um, could be read to imply a need to. And to be clear, I don't think it should need to. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we if if we trust Sam Bankman-Fried, and you know what it feels like to me. So Sam Bankman-Fried is he thinks like a banker, and it feels to me like he may have an agenda. And if you look at his if if you do if you look at his agenda, first thing is you want to you you want to see how he works, and you can see that he works like the bankers. What do the bankers do? The bankers all donate money to political campaigns because they want the politicians on their side, right? You know this. And if you look at the biggest donors in the world, you'd probably be no surprise that, that these are the people that need regulation to change for them. So I took it, I went and got a list of the biggest donors in the US. And if you look at the kind of people that these people are, it's people that need regulators to do them favors. So like if you look at the biggest don donators to Republicans, it's the owner of the Las Vegas Sands and uh, Adelson Drug Clinic. Okay, so that's the biggest that's the biggest uh, do donators. And if I mean Ken Griffin from Citadel, we've spoken about them before. Why would he need to donate sixty-seven million dollars to the Republicans? Okay, um, and if you go through this list and you can see Blackstone Corporation, um, drug companies. Uh, funds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are the people that are the biggest donators in the world, and Sam Bankman-Fried is joining those donations. In fact, I don't know if you guys remember this, but listen to this. This is off a podcast. Here we go. Uh, I mean, I imagine you have some probability distribution in your mind of how much money you might give in the next election cycle. Like, give me some number. I. Uh... I would guess north of a hundred million, um, and you know, as for how much north of that, it I don't know. You know, it, it really does depend on what happens. Like, it, it's really dependent on exactly who's running where for what. Like, like these these are are super contingent things. But, um, but yeah, I, I I think that gives maybe some sense of what the what the sort of like scale might be here. More than a hundred million, sort of spread across many races, organizations, but toward the 2024 election. So if that's a floor, what's the ceiling? Like a billion? Might you give a billion? Yeah, I think that's a decent like thing to look at as a as a sort of like, I, I mean, I, I, would, I would hate to say like hard ceiling because who knows what's going to happen between now and then. But as like at least sort of a soft ceiling, I, I would say, yeah. Okay, so so the ballpark so is hundred million to a billion dollars is what he intends to to donate to. I take it he wants to do, to donate it to the, to the Democrats, and why would you do that? You'd only do that if you really want them on your side. You know, you know what else bankers usually do, and these political lobbyists usually do. They go to the organization that they want on their side, and they offer people from the organization jobs. And they offer them jobs at very high-paying salaries. So if you think about the drug companies, the drug, the drug companies go to the, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, and they give people jobs in the Food and Drug Administration at way higher salaries than they were earning at the FDA. And that's almost a message that they send to the organization to say, look, if you help us, then when you leave here, we will make sure that you've got a much better job. And SBF is no different in this regard. So if you look here, he hired the former 
CFTC commissioner as head in, uh, of policy and regulation at FTX USA. Now, again, as I say, I don't know if, 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 any, if any of you have watched Dope Wars, but that's the, that's the modus operandi. That's the lobbying modus operandi. You go to the regulating authority that you want and you send a message by saying, hey, we're going to hire someone from there. We're going to pay them way more. We're going to give them share options. They would earn way more with us than they would earn anywhere else. Um, and, and that way, you use you, you, you send a message to the whole organization that if you behave nicely with us, then we will make sure that you're looked after if anything ever goes wrong at your job. But we'll actually give you a better job when you leave. And as, he, as, as I can say, he said, he said that again here. Yeah. When they hired Mark Vetjen, um, uh, former, I mean, former CFTC uh, um, commissioner as its head of policy and regulation. So you can see that he's playing this, this Wall Street game. Now, look, we haven't worked with FTX. We don't work with FTX. Um, and I don't know. I just... You've got to make up your own minds. I'm not, I'm not going to draw. I'm not going to draw my opinion for you guys, but you guys need to make up your minds whether you want to be supporting Sam Bankman-Fried. There's, there, you know, everyone made him out to be this this knight in shining armor that he was bailing out Voyager. And then we realized that he actually wasn't bailing out Voyager. He was actually just trying to buy it to 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 grow his his empire. Um, a lot of people also blamed him for the lunar DPEG and stuff like that. And now it's starting, it's all starting to make sense here. It's all starting to make sense here. Maybe he's getting money from people in Wall Street to to um to crash the crypto markets and to wipe certain players out of the markets. He's already been successful in getting Voyager. Um, although there is an investigation by the uh Texas security regulator. It is an investigation into FTX and CEO Sam Bankman Fried. And there are calls that they shouldn't be able to get Voyager until this is uh this the, the, this is done so yeah so look you make up your own minds um for me i think i prefer to stay away i think i think i prefer to stay away you guys let me know what you think let me know what you guys think and i mean you can see that like what why is there nothing like this with binance like why is there nothing like this with cz cz's squeaky clean no issues doing good for crypto yeah, I mean, oh, crazy stuff, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, all right, let's see what else. Should we talk about, should we do some, should we find some portfolios in the Bybit and Bitcoin competition? Remember if you, what is that, James? You want to find a portfolio? Charity starts at home with the family. Okay, let me know in the comments if you think <laughs> I should find James's, uh, if you think I should find if if you think I should find if you think I should fund James's account for the trading competition, yeah, fund. Say in the comments, just say fund or fire. So should I fund his account or should I fire him immediately? Okay, so yeah, let's. Let, 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 <laughs> all right. In the meantime, let me find some 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 other people. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's go to today. I'm going to fund 300. This account over here is going to get $250. This account over here is getting $250. This account over here is getting $250 on BitGet. These are BitGet accounts. Uh, and remember, we're going to extend the competition, but you should enter right now. It gives you a chance to catch up to these people. Don't let them get too far away. Uh, and I think you can catch these guys because usually what they're going to do is they're going to self destruct. They're going to self destruct. Uh, and then on the Bybit, let's do some Bybit accounts. Um, oh, banter competition, banter competition. Let's let's see. Let's go. Let's go to 
500. Let's go to 500. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to this account. 500, you're going to get $250. Um, and 501, you're getting $250. And 502, you're getting $250. And James, you are... Terminated. Guys, what should we do? <laughs> and now? People are too faced here. I've seen a lot of fire, 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 Jimmy. Come on, man. He writes you nice personal notes in the comments before the show. James, someone here says that if you take your shirt off, we'll fund your account. <laughs> Next week. After, After you fund me. me. Last time you didn't fund me. <laughs> Last time you said you were going to do it and you didn't do it. All right, let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments. So I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow there's a massive show. You know who I've got on the show tomorrow? This guy. Arthur Hayes. Can you see him? You guys know Arthur Hayes. Everyone knows Arthur Hayes. Arthur Hayes was the CEO of BitMix which was the, the, the king of leverage. Um, and he is coming on the show tomorrow. So don't miss that. That's, that's our Friday banter for tomorrow is like a full interview with Arthur Hayes. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely, absolutely amazing. Alrighty, guys. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, have fun. Trade well. Stay safe out there.